Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the greatest show on earth, Broken But Glorious! Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulkster, whatever they call you, I'm coming after you, you coward! Welcome to Broken But Glorious, I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the ultimate British wrestling heavyweight champion, Mr. Charles Crowley. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm brilliant, thank you. Good, good. Yeah, so um, I, th- I thought um, it'll give more impact to our discussion on your title win, if we get into a bit of your history, how you got into wrestling. Oh, wow, okay, so, um, I mean, I've always been a performer. Yeah. Um... So I've come from that kind of um, acting background. I've always been a, a sporty person, a gymmer. Yeah. Um, I say always. I mean, the thing is, I've been involved in it so much for a while now. Actually, back in the day, I was horrendously skinny. Yeah. Um, and I was rubbish at sport. But um, just one day, for some reason, it clicked. And I was like, no, nah, this doesn't feel right. Started going to the gym, eating a hell of a lot of food. Um, and yeah, and, and, and for some reason, I mean, I've always been interested in wrestling, like, um, but I came, I came into it quite late. I was always interested. I didn't really understand it. I never really had it on TV at home. No, I don't know why. Maybe we didn't have the channels. Parents weren't interested, but I came into it late. And, um, my favorite growing up was always edge. Wow. I am just an edgehead through and through like he <laughs> is just the coolest thing i remember he was like you know having these like live sex shows and just being an absolute twat and i watched um him against the undertaker and, and all my friends were proper cheering the undertaker yeah. and i couldn't believe it it just boggled it boggled my mind that, that my mates that i thought i had so much in common with were cheering the undertaker over edge and I was like, what are you talking about? And then, you know, um, Zack Ryan and Hawkins come run down and start beating up The Undertaker, like, mid-match. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, obviously now he's going to win. You yeah. know, there's no doubt about it. It's three on one. And then The Undertaker still wins, and I was livid. Um, and I just think from that day, I was like, oh, you know, I, I just knew that I was so hooked on it. Um, and it's interesting how people, like, you know, they cheer the good guys, you know, the bad guys, you can choose what personality you're interested in. It's just natural to you, but I just thought Edge was so cool. Yeah, you'll see anything worth watching for a couple of years, Edge. For them, for them dark years and the, was it the ruthless aggression era, whatever you called it. Oh yeah, of course, of course. But yeah, always ups and downs, but I've always been a fan of his. Yeah, so what prompted you to don the tights and get into the ring? You have come from an actor back um, I think... I was um, I was performing as much as I could, um, and I I just I, I kept being drawn to it. Yeah. Uh, maybe when I was watching it, I I was kind of starting to potentially lose a bit of interest. I feel like the product was getting a little bit stale, and I I wasn't too keen. And then I saw these tiny glimpses of. Um, indie wrestling yeah definitely 
uh, that the brought this different style. Um, and I'm not saying like you know Osprey like doing like 100 flips and all this kind of stuff. It was it's more just there was something different to it, and I couldn't pinpoint what it was. But I started watching more and more of it, and I thought to myself, I really feel like I could do this. Um, but for a couple of like about a year or so, I was thinking about it because in my head I thought, well, I don't even know how to start. No. Um, and on the indie scene, it's like uh, some promotions, um, you know, they're giving it everything, but their production value maybe isn't up there. No. And then some, some are really up there. And I'm like, whoa, how do I, you know, how do I get to that one? And this one, you know, doesn't look the same, but it looks really fun. It looks different. And there's just so much to learn so quickly. And I was so like uh, in the dark about it. Um, so I just eventually I decided, I was like, look, I'm going to really put some time and effort into researching this, learning more about it. So I looked up my local um, wrestling school, which was UBW. Yeah. Uh, that was in Henlow. No, it's in Henlow now. It was in Hitchin at the time. And um, yeah, I just, I went over there, um, started training with them. It's a proper family vibe there. Wow. Everyone's really supportive. And I just got sucked in because it was so fun and so peculiar so weird and i was just like i can totally embrace this <laughs> so, so is the wrestler you are now the image you had when you started training or is it well that's a good question so when when i went through that door yeah i wanted to be a stripper <laughs> a stripper called johnny bone now <laughs> and I went in there and I was like look I've got it all sorted got my future planned out I'm going to be called Johnny Bone I'm going to be a stripper and Paul Ash the head trainer there was like because ah. <laughs> you know I'm sure he gets loads of people saying I've got it figured out I'm going to be this I think this is probably a different pitch he's doing yeah. the usual ones um, but he was like, this is a family show. I mean, yeah, you could do it, but you'd have to change a few bits. And, uh, I, you know, I started to learn the product and I kind of thought to myself, yeah, okay, I think I'll, um, I'll do something that's a bit more family friendly, um, but also that embraces what I have to offer because, you know, I'm still learning all the wrestling side of things, And but what have I got here? Yeah. Um, so I was like, right, look, I can... Um, I can work a crowd, uh, I, and, and if I can't, that's um, very strange because I've been training as an actor for years. So, you know, not not it doesn't always work out, but like I like to think I have some experience there. So um, I just capitalise on that and as on this kind of like showman vibe. Uh, I've always liked the aesthetics of the carnival, um, and I just kind of thought to myself, let's put it together. And uh, Paul Ash helped me out a little bit, and. Um, Mr. Charles Crowley was born. Cool. So how long did it come from your first training day to your first match? So, um, that's a good question. I think it was about a year. Yeah. When, when, I, when I first started training, it wasn't as frequent because I, I got more and more into it. So I was going when I can. I thought, oh, this is a, a bit of fun at the weekends. I still don't know too much about it, so I'm constantly learning so much every time I go. Um, but then I really got into it. So I think a lot of people go into it as like a super fan, and they had so much knowledge, and they're like, yes, I need this. I was like, this to me um, is a really nice hobby. All right. Yeah. 
but as time went on, it's just consumed me. And I kept saying to Paul, like about six months in, I said, Paul, you've got to put me on a show. I, I just know that if I'm out there, I'm going to learn quicker. Um, I really think I've got something. I've got something to give. Um, I started working on my physique more um, and just doing everything I could to convince him to put me on a show. Um, and eventually he did. It was, uh, I moved from being an MC, started as an MC. Oh, it's okay. And, um, yeah, debuted with UBW and haven't looked back since. So was your first match? Tell us about your first match. What you what do you remember about it in hindsight? Was it any good? Or... <laughs> you know what? I think, well, it's, it's in the archive somewhere. People still mention it. Um, your first match... For my first match, looking back on it, I'm proud of myself yeah. for get, getting in there, working the crowd, um, and just giving it everything. Because obviously, if you give everything you've got, then you're going to come out and you're going to learn more. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it was great. Uh, technically, um, how neat it was, probably not very, almost definitely. Um, you know, a lot of obvious mistakes... I'm trying so hard to uh, get things right, not let people down, not let Paul down, who's given me this opportunity. Um, but wh whatever the quality was at the end of the day, uh, the crowd enjoyed it for sure. And it led to Paul giving me another opportunity, which was my first one-on-one -on -one, uh, against CJ Carter. And that was a, the biggest stepping stone for me because wow. now I was in there. I had no one else to rely on. My first match was a three-on-three -three tag. Yeah. Um, and my second match out of nowhere is this one-on-one -on -one with this guy that's been in the industry for ages. He's incredibly talented. And I got that opportunity so early on. And from there on, it kind of set bar of um, just how hard I wanted to push. And um, I just learned so much in that match. So how has the character evolved from like, like from inception to where you are now? It started off as a very one-dimensional uh, kind of character because it started off as a very literal greatest showman, uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Like. Um, and that was fun because obviously it gave me that option to talk to the crowd, look at the crowd, introduce people on the mic, um, you know, just, just just be loud and get across some kind of personality that people can relate to. Um, and as time went on, I kind of thought to myself, right, so what kind of a look um, and what interests can I pull in in a personal, uh, from, a per from my personal life? Like, I love the aesthetics of the carnival because it's got this kind of, it, it's this awesome place where you go on these incredible rides and, and, and it's got this awesome positive image, but it's super grimy. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and, and the, the rides are cheap and you could, you know, have serious injury on them, but they're painted as this incredibly spectacular thing. And I thought there was so much in that kind of like painting something as this incredible thing when in fact, maybe it isn't, but also the people working there, they're so convincing, and and they, they you you believe them because they it feels like they believe it themselves. Yeah, definitely. And, and there's something into that with that personality and that almost manipulation, um, and the power that they have to convince you that this isn't just a block of wood, this is a lucky block of wood. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and then 
Um, the name Crowley comes from Alistair Crowley. Yeah. Um, it is like super evil cult leader. And while I'm not into like the super evil side of it, it the idea that um, no, he had there was he didn't want limitations anymore. Limitations are what society has put on us. They're, they're man-made. And because of that, he's free to uh, be at another level. Um, and he was so charismatic and he convinced these people to do these really evil things. And I was like, oh, you know, combining that aesthetic of the carnival and, and this guy's incredible manipulation over people and just this power over people with his charisma. I was like, there is something really cool there. Um, but I'm, I like to think I'm a super nice guy. Yeah. So I tried to, <laughs> if I do say so myself, um, and I tried to take that and just kind of add me to it. And you've got this really weird mess, which is Mr. Charles Crowley. Oh, so I, I could I could see you as like a, a head of a, a like a faction. I'm constantly looking for people to join me and create some kind of dark carnival that maybe we entertain, maybe we entertain ourselves. So, you know, I'm undecided, but I am constantly thinking about this. And I've spoken to a couple of promoters that are interested in. Um, helping me find certain people, so we'll see. Maybe that's not too far off. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't mean as in you, you being Stevie Richards, but you being the mouthpiece <laughs> for these, just like a carny henchman behind you. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. Like, I, I, I'm, I've always been fascinated in people, like uh, you know, people watching, like an absolute creep from the shadows. No, not really, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> Oh God, I've said it now, I can't go back. And um, I just, I, I like the idea that there's all these really talented people out there, but maybe they don't look a certain way yeah. or act a certain way. And yet they're so talented. And arguably these, these people that would be described as weird or different, like that's what makes them special. So I could totally... I think that's what makes them interesting. And therefore, I believe because of that, because they're different from the norm and, and look a certain way and act a certain way, they should be in the spotlight over people that maybe look a certain way but, but haven't worked their arse off, don't, don't have the talent, they just simply look a certain way. So, yeah, that's, that's constantly on my mind. So um, I agree with you. I, I, I'm, looking forward, I'm looking forward to see where this goes. I, I hope <laughs> it comes off. <laughs> in the UK, it's your boy, Shook D. I'm coming at you live in living color, surround sound, letting you know that there hasn't been this much mayhem since the Boston Tea Party, and I'm just letting you know that you're listening to Broken But Glorious. The show memes, so could you tell us a bit about the history of the team and where you met memes? Very this time I had any interaction with memes yeah. was before training through his Twitter account. Um... I didn't know anything about indie wrestling. Um, I was just at a WWE UK show, and I was on the um, Slater's Gonna Slate bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> and I made a sign that said, Slater's are certainly going to Slate. And I took it to the show, and there's a little picture of me in the crowd. And... Uh, Memes just saw it on his page and retweeted it. He was like, whoa, this guy, you know, whatever. He wins the internet. Some kind of memes quote. <laughs> and um, 
I was like, whoa, this guy, he's got all these followers. Like, I really looked up to him. I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, he's, he's got, got some... He's got about 85,000 followers. Yeah, he's got a couple followers. <laughs> and, and I was like, you know, this guy's really something in that industry. And he re- retweeted my thing, and I was like, like, it was awesome. And then I went to training at UBW, and he just happened to be there. Wow. And I, I remember going up to him, and I was like, whoa, you uh, retweeted my post. And he was, oh, yeah, I remember that. It was really, really, really funny, man. And then we we just had a bond. We just clicked. Like, our humour's the same. Our personalities matched. I was there. I just wanted to entertain. Um, and that's his thing completely. It's all he wants to do is entertain, make people laugh. And I was all for that because, like I say, like, before you've learned the wrestling side of things, that's all I had. And mm. so I went all in with that. And then you won the titles from the Alpha Wolves? Well, we won... The titles, they're two veterans that have been around for a while and they were so, we just learned so much from them. And they just, they controlled the match. Uh, so, you know, we kind of, they put us through our paces and the crowd lost it. It was a huge pop. Wow. And that's, and that's when we knew that like, okay, this has been fun, but now we're on to something because we have this chemistry that, people are reacting to um and then from there we just kind of uh, evolved um we separately evolved we both um got more experience as wrestlers and performers we both changed um one of our later matches was at wrestling Four, a charity show a team called pun intended yes yeah, so we, we had them on to promote that much pun intended oh brilliant well that um <laughs> Well, the, yeah, and, for the listeners who don't know, Pun Intended claim to be the, the Wrestling 4 Tag Team Champions, but they just have plastic WWF belts. Yeah. <laughs> it, drives, well, they, it drives the promoter they, mad. <laughs> so. they, did, they did have plastic WWF belts until we won them. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're the Tag Team Champions, and it was a huge moment. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we take a lot of pride in that. And they're... Um, and it was a it was a great match. That they're really good performers. Um, the crowd loved it. And, yeah. But it, it summarizes show memes in the sense that it was very fun, very funny, and um, very focused. Yeah, I, th- I thought your your promote your your promotion of the match before it on Facebook and the p- promotion was brilliant. And brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I really loved it. it. Was the Hello versus Wrestling on your Facebook? I think that's the funniest thing I've seen. <laughs> Thank you. Well, this is the thing. I, I that was the first time I thought to myself um, as a, as a singles wrestler. I kind of thought, well, how am I going to start advertising myself? How am I yeah. going to get myself out there? Um, again, playing on you know what strengths I do have. I was like, well, okay. Let, let's let's film something. Let's film something different. Let's film something creative. I see a lot of promos out there. To be honest, first of all, can I just say, if someone is doing a promo, it's sick because I'm so glad that someone's actually putting themselves out there and doing that because that's the side of wrestling I love. Yeah. That's that's I love the fire. Like we were talking about Edge, the, the fire he gave. He was so good at promos. I really enjoyed them. I believed him. So when they do that and they get the story across, that means everything to me. So even if it's a rubbish promo. I appreciate that it's there, but especially in British wrestling, I saw that there was a gap mm. in in the market, as you know, as they say, uh, for people to really get across some genuine emotion through promos, not just the wrestling. 
And I, see, I saw a lot of promos where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, on Saturday, I'm going to take you on, and, and the, the fun and games are over. Yeah. And, and yeah. like, they're filming, like, their knee, and then the camera falls, and they pick it back up. And I was like, no, like, I come from an acting world where I was like, <laughs> I would be destroyed. And that like, this industry is exactly the same. It's trial by fire, and it's like, you know th- that line especially uh oh, the fun and games are over i've heard it a hundred times so i was like right i'm gonna go so different i'm gonna try something different i'm gonna be creative see where it goes latch on to uh justin sizem and his tweet yeah <laughs> and i was like let's see what happens and i did it and it got such a good response like everyone was really like on it and i was like cool this is a sign that moving forwards i can capitalize on my abilities in this way and I can try and do something different every time yeah I'll put, I'll put a link in the description below so people can go see it but it's so funny please <laughs> do thank you thank you <laughs> alright so then um, you've described it as the greatest greatest day of your life happened <sighs> yeah I, you know <laughs> every time I think about it I just have to exhale because I don't know if you've seen the clip I posted of it. Um, the first thing I say is this is what it's like to breathe yeah. after one year. And that couldn't be more true. Um, I, I, I've been wrestling for one year. Yes. Uh, I've wrestled for top promotions, uh, including IPW, uh, BWR. Um, well, I went to wrestle for BWR, but then Cody Hall came out from behind me and I don't remember the rest, but <laughs> I, I think I won a rumble. Seventy-two percent sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's all a blur. <laughs> um, but I've also won five different championships in a year. And on on top of that, I've I've won uh, tag team gold in two different promotions. How I see it is, I won them on my own. Wow. Um, I you know in fact. I was carrying 350 pounds of dead weight and I still won those tight belts. And let me just talk about that real quick. Yeah. I don't want to leave it on that. Um, memes, him being a burden, um, a pain in the ass, a detriment to my career is, is unfortunately now, how I see him, but it's one tiny example of why I can claim the title of spectacular because I won those championships while dealing with Memes's giant delusional ego. Um, and people behind the scenes don't see that. He, he is just lost in his own world and, and it's consumed him and everything's about him. Like, to me, people watch that video and they go, wow, Charles Crowley thinks everything's about him. It's not. It's completely the other way around. And and I think that I dealt with that for a year and still achieved what I achieved. That's bloody impressive. And but before I get berated by all of Memes' fans that love him, you know, yes, he's big, he's strong, he's tall, but that's to his detriment because his head's in the clouds. He, uh, I don't, he's like... A giant baby. Wow. Like, I I wouldn't want to fight a giant baby. I, It'd be really strong and weirdly flexible, and it would freak me the hell out. But obviously, at the end of the day, it's a baby. 
It's just not physically or mentally capable to fight me, let alone be on the same level as me. I am... I'm a trained fighter with massive potential. I'm six foot one. I'm 205 spectacular pounds of lean muscle. I can run circles around him. He'd think he'd know better. He, oh, you know, it's, it's hard to explain. At the end of the day, he thought people were cheering him yeah. over me. And for a while I went with it because it's kind of funny and at this stage it's harmless then he took my spot at the top of the ladder and he became the face of UBW and suddenly it's not so funny anymore you know I, I'm working my ass off in a company I love for it then to become a joke this giant Oaf, manning the ship, and and no one could no one could see that this was a bad thing except me. That's also mind-boggling. So I just took it into my own hands, and I ended it. I just had to remind him that who out of the two of us has the potential to actually be a star, and remind him who the people pay to see, because people want to see me. They want to see me do what I do because I'm different. I'm unique. And that's why I call myself spectacular, because I am. I live it. So then you hit him with the spear, and you became UBW heavyweight champion? Yeah, I, uh, I hit him with the spear, hit him with some harsh words that will be hard for him to take in, because everything's all sunshine and rainbows with him, so I'm hoping some of it got through. And then I hit him with a concerto. Wow. Yeah, hopefully, I don't know. I just, it just, in the, at the moment, it was a year of pent-up frustration. And, um, yeah, he just, he just kind of took over. But, unfortunately for him, I don't regret it. Um, a lot of people have been saying to me, hey, look, is this show me? Is it done? And right now, for me, I, what what would I, what benefit would I get teaming with him now? Oh, that's, that's, that's such an amazing story. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it is It is what it is. Like I say, he's a former champion. Like, yes, I say he's a joke. He is a joke, but he's he's he's, he's strong. He, he does a lot of very fancy moves for someone his size, and I get that, and I respect that, but he was making a joke out of me just by being there, just by shadowing me. Um, his literal job is to write jokes, say jokes, and he just became a joke. So it's time for me to move on. So do you know who your first title defence is going to be against? Or... My yeah. first title defence um, is actually a secret. Like, I, I don't even know it. But I think the idea is Paul, Paul Ash, who runs UBW, he gets why I did what I did. I don't think he'd say that. But, like, he... He, you know, he put us together. He books the matches. Obviously, um, he didn't really know what's been going on for a while in my head, uh, and now he's seen this, and it, it's just kind of like I think it's put him on the spot because he's not quite sure what to do with this moving forwards. Uh, obviously, I've got a new attitude, and I don't know who it's going to be, but I really hope it's someone that allows me to prove myself. Uh, in this industry, because I can go off on one and say, look, I've got this massive potential. I'm really great. 
but it's I, I'm just over a year in, and a lot of people are going to be thinking that I'm just personality. So it's time for me to prove myself that I can go in that ring and take on the best and beat them. Yeah. So away from you, you know, UBW, you've got beef with wrestling resurgence. Right. Let me make something super clear um, for you and and, and everyone listening. um, And if Wrestling Resurgence is listening, please. I I mean, I know they are. I know they can see me. I know they can hear me. Wrestling Resurgence is run by artists. Yes. It's, it's, It's run by artists, creatives, dreamers, performers, people who you think would really appreciate everything Mr. Charles Crowley has to offer. I, I, I scream art house. There is no one who is more suited to spearhead an actual resurgence in that environment especially than me, Mr. Charles Crowley. Now, don't get me wrong, they have incredible talent on their books. They have Spike Trevay, Mambo, Karen Noir, TK Cooper, uh, Candy Floss, Gene Money, Sex Smith. Um, yes. All incredible, incredible talents with massive personality. And I love that. That's something that's really important to me. And then you have me, someone who has all of that, but has even more potential than them it's 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 insulting that wrestling resurgents are aware of me but refuse to openly acknowledge that i exist Uh, but and i understand why i understand why it's like um let me think how to put this they're like you know you know the fed Yes. WWE. Yeah, you've heard of it. Um, and they say, like, oh, no one's bigger than the WWE. Um, that's my Carl Kingsley accent, by the yeah. way. I'm uh, being him on Saturday at home wrestling. Um, good old Kingsley. <laughs> Resurgence. He's another person that's wrestled for Resurgence. And again, Kingsley, incredible talent. But there is more to me. Resurgence are worried that I'll eclipse them. Yeah, which which is fine. I, I get that fear because change is scary. And when they finally give in and give me an inch of that stage, I will take the whole damn thing. And the show will revolve around me. But that's only a good thing. They want resurgence. I can bring that with Crowleyism. Yeah, so what, what was the picture about? Was it, was you, you had a, thing, a piece of paper over your mouth and you had TikTok around you. I think that was an incredibly um, non-violent, yeah. peaceful way to say, hi, I'm here. So, you know, people, some people are pretty unsure about me when it comes to wrestling research. Some people are like, I appreciate the effort this guy's going into this. Um, some people are unsure about me, a bit creepy. They don't know where I'm going with it. All I'm saying is, and all I will say now, is Crowleyism is coming. Yeah. Crow- Crowleyism is a movement. Uh, 
like I said before, the beginning of this interview, limitations are a man-made concept. Society places so many limitations that are man-made. Some make perfect sense. I totally get it. Some are so questionable and so unnecessary. I have my own moral code. Charles Crowley, I, I just do what I do. And when people see what I can achieve with this mindset, this, this moral code, with Crowleyism, they're, they're going to want to adopt it for themselves. They're going to want to be a part of Crowleyism. They're going to want to follow Charles Crowley and, and just live this life that is just, um, it's, hey, it's a, a term I like to say, pure extravaganza. Wow. And, and, and this is exactly why I'm saying to wrestling resurgence, I'm giving them the opportunity. I'm saying, hey, I'm here and I have this gift, the gift of Crowleyism. And if you just open your door and take this, I promise you, you will very, very easily get your goal of bringing a resurgence to British wrestling. Yeah, I'd love to see you against uh, at Sexsmith or uh, Chuck Mambo. Amazing. It, so. it would it would be magic. It would be spectacular. And I'm glad you said that because I know wrestling researchers are listening. I know they're seeing my posts. Um, they had posts on their wall about me. I I know they're listening. I know you're listening, wrestling resurgence And just hear the voices of the other people, the people that want to see me there, okay? Because they're right. So you can do your best to dampen me, but it's not going to happen. I will find a way. I have been very peaceful. I have not been a bad guy, okay? Just, I've done nothing wrong. I am just doing the best I can to convey to you that I am here and you should pay attention to me. Because I don't want to take it any further. I don't want to get aggressive. I know a lot of wrestlers in this industry, they, they, they take it a step too far and they feel they need to do whatever it takes. I don't want half it to have to get to that point. You know, I've been very reasonable. Right, so a, a little bit of it tells me that you've, you'll be facing some big names in the near future. This, the rest of this year is pretty booked out. Yeah. Um, people are starting to latch on. People are starting to see what I have to give, my potential... I bring something different to shows. And because of that, they're starting to put me against top people. Um, the, at UBW, I, I'm not allowed to know who it is, so I'm afraid I can't tell you that. But that's going to be probably my biggest challenge yet. Wow. Um, I've been assured that that's going to be uh, a name. And whoever it is, I'm sure it'll be fantastic. But like I said before, now is my chance to show people that I can go and not just that I can go and I can keep up. It's that I can dominate. So my mindset now is very different. So it doesn't really matter who it is. Um, I'm going to just plow straight through them, to be honest. Um, I know uh, September the 28th, the drill house in great Yarmouth for DOA wrestling. I'm facing Mr. Sugar Dunkerton. Wow. Yes. Depends on the show. Yeah, which will be it'll be great because, like me, he likes to make a spectacle out of what we do in the ring. Yes. Um, but of course, we're both there to prove we deserve to move up the ladder at DOA. So while it's going to be sensational, all the bells and whistles. At the end of the day, we're both there to beat the hell out of each other. And like I say, this is my time. And it's like I say, it's trial by fire. I'm ginger as hell. Okay, I. I I looked at the moon once. I got burned by it. Wow. I, uh, you step outside in this heat, burst into flames. So 
it's going to be an uphill battle proving my worth. But I don't know. I'll just I'll whack on my factor fifty. I'll jump headfirst into this, and at the end of the day, I'll come out standing tall. And hopefully, people will realise that yeah, this guy's got personality. This guy can be fun. This guy can be different and unique. But man, he can go between those ropes. Yeah, we we interviewed Sugar Dungerton just before his first tour of the UK in February last year. Now he's one of the biggest names, well, biggest most in demand names in the UK wrestling. I'm so proud of him. Yeah, and so am I. Because I'm not surprised he's got an awesome attitude. He's a lovely guy, um, very easy to talk to. Seen him at Progress, and he he's he's very good at combining the entertainment with um, technical skill in the ring. Yes. Um, so in that sense, you know, I'm just over a year in and I've got a very long way to go. But with what I've accomplished, I'm just really excited to see where it goes. And someone like Sugar Dunkerton facing him, who's been in a similar position to me, being a very entertaining guy and getting better and better in the ring as time goes on. That'll be a great experience for me. What's the best advice you would give to somebody starting off in the business? I think advice I'd give to people starting out in the industry um, it's tricky because I'm still very new. Uh, my, my, my route has been very different from most. Um, not a lot of people come from an acting background. So for them, the crowd work is very difficult. Um, and just kind of settling into their own skin, deciding what they want to think, what they want to say, how they want to be seen. Um, that's really difficult. Um, and for me, I think having that has helped me get on more shows and helped me sell myself because my image is marketable because it's clear. Um, <clears throat> so I think the best thing I could say in regards to that is do your very best to market yourself as professional as possible, even early days. Cause yes, maybe I was out there early days and I wasn't ready. Yeah. Not maybe definitely. I was not ready to be out there, but I was relying on my, uh, personality and and that covered me uh and i was safe and all this kind of stuff um but i i was very fortunate to be out there getting that experience in the ring and to do that you need to market yourself i know a lot of people that say oh yeah i'm gonna go help out i'm gonna go do this i'm gonna train here i'm gonna train here and i'm gonna get promo photos and and get some words out there in a, in a, in a filmed promo but they don't actually go and do it and it's so frustrating to me because I'm like, you guys are so talented. And, you, and let's say you're picking it up and you're getting the technical side really quickly, which isn't what I did. No. That, you know, if you've got that, that's great. But to get yourself out there, you need a personality. So do your very best to market yourself as a professional. Get professional looking photos. Get professionally filmed stuff. If you can't afford it, do your best. Uh, get some basic lighting. Um you're on your phone. Cam phone cameras are so good these days. That's all you need. Um, but just put a bit of effort into your image, and I promise you that will go a long way. Because then suddenly you're marketable for promoters to say, hey, look who we have on our show, this person, and look at this combination. This person, this person, what? What's going to happen? That's what the fans want to see, and that's going to be a draw. And how, how would you like to change people's perception of wrestling? I think people that don't know anything about wrestling, can go their entire lives without probably knowing wrestling exists. It's, it's, it's in this weird kind of bubble. And I would love it if we could pop that bubble and have it just kind of merge into the real world, as I call it. Yes. Um, because I, I think it, sh it's, it needs to be more respected as a form of 
sports entertainment. I think a lot of people when they see it, maybe they see some wrestling that's not so good. Um, it it looks very panto, and they're like, "Oh, ha ha, this is a bit of fun." And I'm like, "There's a lot of talent in there. That there's why am I so drawn to this? I want them asking questions rather than be like, "Oh yeah, clap, laugh, smile." I want them thinking, "Why is this person doing this? Why is this person reacting that way? Why am I so drawn to this person, and why am I so repelled by this person?" I think the nuances in the performance can be so finite and so tiny and 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 they're the things that move you from a, a great uh, wrestler to just an outstanding wrestler and i'm not saying i'm there anywhere near there i i that is my goal and yeah. i th- and i think if one day i achieve uh, a level of performance that can integrate every single thing that comes with wrestling because there's so many layers there's so much to do um that if i can one day achieve that then i have done a damn good job in getting the message out there that wrestling can be that layered that complex and hey to us maybe the, the, the workers and the people in the industry will see all the layers, but obviously to the people out there, they won't see all of that. No. They'll just know that for some reason they're so drawn to it. So I think for me, that's my goal. And if people can see wrestling as this incredibly talented, very realistic looking art form, that would be just incredible. That's an amazing answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right, so before we go, do you want to promote your social media? Yeah, so my my social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Crowley Carnival, follow me on Instagram, that's at Crowley Carnival, and um, www.facebook.com slash Crowley Carnival. I've kept it nice and simple. <laughs> I'll put all the links in the description below the interview. So I've really Please enjoyed do. speaking Thank today. You. I'd love to have you on again in the future. Thank you very much. I've really, really enjoyed it. <laughs>